All right, who wants to open us up in prayer? Thank you, Jesus, for this day. I pray that you bless us, bless our spirits, help us to focus on you and get rid of all distractions that are pulling us away from you. God, I pray that you can help us worship passionately and act out the faith that you feel led to. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.
like a child so innocent And I'm sitting inside your arms Cause you won't let go I've never known a love like yours Jesus, your name is power It's better than living water May your spirit guides me to the heart
So when he made them, they were put into perfection. What more perfection do we need to be fully known by God, fully naked at all times in everything you do, and you literally live in paradise? That sounds like perfection to me. Our heart was made to live in that perfection. That is why everyone in our day and age right now has anxiety or depression, because we live in a fallen world that strives for perfection. However, the only way you can get that perfection meant is if you meet perfection himself. His name is Jesus. This is also why God never let us find, he never lets us find our perfect match. Like, we of course go and we find someone that we want to, you know, marry, we love, we want to be with, but they're not our perfect match. Bless you, Andrew. Because, bless you, Andrew. Because if we found our perfect match, then that means that they're equal to Jesus. We have to be with someone that can break our heart and can disappoint us and continue to love them. Because that's exactly what we do to God. We break his heart and we disappoint him. However, that doesn't change his feelings. He chooses to love us no matter what. Because he is our only perfect match. He is the only perfect match. He is the only one that can love us in complete perfection. So in this day and age, we're living in life and all we're trying to do is, whether it's our work, whether it's our relationship, whether it's our relationship with God, we're trying to be perfect. We're, we're trying to be perfect in every single way. And that is what is leading us to have so much disappointment. It's because we're trying to find a perfect match. We're trying to be perfect in everything we do. And we're not realizing that, hey, the only thing that's perfect is Jesus. And once we cling to him, everything else is going to be okay. And those disappointments that you're feeling in life, you're meant to feel them. Just because you feel disappointed, don't... I'll say it like this, because this is how she says it in the book. She says disappointment is a gift from God. Because if you don't have disappointment, you don't know what goodness is. The only way that you can know what true goodness is, the only way you can know what a true gift is in life, is if you're disappointed. If you are let down. Because God is better than that's the whole entire point of why we have disappointment in this earth. That's the only reason we have heartbreak on this earth. is because if we don't feel heartbroken and if we don't feel disappointed, we're never going to experience the true love that God wants to usher in on us. After the last, what do you say, Will, two, three weeks, four weeks, the song pieces is, you know, kind of been a name before. We just begin to sing it over and over and over. And, you know, I feel like a lot of us, we have bits and pieces of us that feel broken, that feel disappointed, that feel let down. And we're not giving those pieces to God. So, you know, this is this is a time right now, and I'm challenging, you know, everyone here. Why not give that disappointment, why not give that heartbreak to the Lord, you know? Um, the last thing I'll say, and I'll be quiet, is um, the tagline for the book is... Sometimes you have to let the brokenness of your life be the reason to give back your life. Okay. And you know, as I'm starting this book, it doesn't make sense to me right now. But what the scripture says is God is looking for a broken and a contract contract heart. That's what he wants. He wants a broken vessel to be so that he can mold us into his clay. So don't be afraid to allow your broken life be the thing that gets your life back. Thank you.
So if you're if you're wanting prayer, just come up here with, with us. Don't mind. Garrett's gonna pray. that they know specifically that's going on in their minds, Father, in their hearts, Lord. Lord, I pray I cast it out right now in your name. Lord, I pray that you're able to just restore what was taken away from them, Lord. Whatever piece that is missing, Father, just put it back, Lord. Lord, I'm imagining right now this puzzle piece within the middle. In the middle, there's supposed to be a heart, Father, and that heart is missing. Lord, I pray that that piece is just put straight back in the middle, Father, and the heart that is put in the middle is your heart, Lord. Lord, I pray for a, a, a rededication right now to the, the ministries that you've given each one of them, Father, to the calling that you have over their lives, Father, to the purpose, Father. Lord, I pr pray that 
Lord, as I preached a couple of weeks ago, that the purpose is found in the presence, Father. They get back to you. They get back to what you want for them, Father, Lord. Lord, I pray that you just continue to work in them. Amen. told me to tell you uh that before you you were even supposed to speak tonight that you were supposed to be here like 
just because he wanted to pour out on you something that you needed. So yeah. he, even before you were even supposed to speak, he knew that you were supposed to be here. Come on, man. So yeah. he, he just he just wanted to let you know that all your prayers and all your thoughts, he hears them even when you're not praying them, and yeah. he's, he's taking care of you. And for y'all who don't know, and uh, we got a lot of new faces that I'm sure you, you don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, I respect Hannah B. probably more than any woman, pastor, preacher, Christian in, in my whole entire life. Um, she has been with committed since day one. Um, and if it was not for Hannah B., we would not be here. So, maybe not. I mean, it's, there's, there's some strength to it. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I but I mean, I, I respect her so much and I, I honor you for, for coming here and being here. So thank you so much. Yeah, I was I was actually praying on my way here, and I was like, Lord, it's probably gonna be more for me than it is for anybody else. And I was That's like, how it goes. But how you goes. know, I said, I know it's not true, because surely, you know, you're gonna do something for them too. So. Amen. But um, yeah, honestly, don't have my one hundred percent at all. You know, I wanted to. I just don't. So here we are. Um, but at least today, the Lord has been putting a lot of things. Of 
you know, and seeing a lot of the outer pieces, the outer shell of Christianity or whatever. And that's what all of these other religions are. It's just empty, you know? Yeah. It's just another religion, just another thing. But the thing that's special about Christianity is that we have Jesus. You know, no, that's the thing that's missing in all the other religions and all the other things. They just, they don't have Jesus, you know? Okay, Buddhism, they got mindfulness. That's a cool thing. That's a good thing, yeah. you know, to have that mindfulness of, you know, what you're thinking. We pre- and Christianity, we present that to the Lord, you know, and it's good to be mindful of our thoughts so we can exercise wisdom and discernment. Like, yes, that's a good thing, but we don't, but is Buddha going to save your soul? No, no, it doesn't work like that, you know? So anyways, tangent. Um, it led me to this image of, like, a clam with the pearl inside, you know? And so it's like all these other religions, you know, it's kind of like a clam without a pearl. You've got this outer shell, but when you open it up and see it for what it is, it's got nothing in it. But when you have Christianity, you open up the shell and find the pearl, which is Jesus. And that's the treasure, you know, that we find. And so, anyway, special thing there. Um, and so, um, it reminded me of that. And so, with my whole disappointment, um, it's kind of like, okay, say there's like this really good music group, okay? You know, think of like your favorite group, your favorite song, like whatever it is, okay? And think about a band doing a cover of it. And it's like a really bad cover. Like, this is trash, this is terrible, turn it off now, my ears are bleeding. So, think of that. I have been seeing the people doing the terrible cover of the band, rather than the artist himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As you break that down, it's not Christianity that's wrong. I need to stop giving myself the dilemma extreme. It's not the whole thing. It's not Jesus. It's not who he is. It's the cover band is doing a horrible job at representing of what this is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've been disappointed in in all those things, you know. And so my phrase I need to just be mindful of now, my mentor, she gave this to me. And it's the idea, and I struggle with this, of, you know, when we have thoughts and feelings, it doesn't define who you are. We're simply an observer of it. So I have, I have all these thoughts going through my head. I'm telling myself, oh my gosh, you're a doubter. You don't really believe you're a doubter. I'm doubting. I'm just degrading myself. But no, no, no. That's not who I am. I'm just observing those things. I'm having all these feelings. That doesn't mean that's who I am. That's not my identity. My identity is found in the Lord. Okay? Yeah. Not all of these other things. So that's been my thoughts today. Okay. So... Um, literally right before I came here, this story pops in my head. Um, you may have heard of it, may have not, but it's in the Old Testament. Um, so it's in 1 Kings chapter 18. Um, and you know what? I should have done a whole little study on it, giving y'all the background, but I didn't. So we're just going to have to roll with it. Sorry. Um, but basically, I think... I think the Lord kind of just put this idea in my mind to allow me to come back to what this is all down to. Um, So this is a story uh, with Elijah and the altar and all these prophets of, is it Baal, Baal, whatever. Baal, yeah. Baal, okay. You said uh, 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18. I'm going to go verse 19. It's long. 
Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. So all the way back in Genesis, when we had the 12 sons that represented the 12 tribes, that's what he's doing here. Um, excuse me. Um, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he had made a trench about the altar as great as as great as would contain two something of seed, some grain measurement. Okay, this is the trench. Um, and he put the wood in order and cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and all the wood. So this wood soaked in water. Like you think, no way this is going to burn. It's not happening. But he's just, just like. Um, and he said, do it a second time. And then they did it a second time. And they said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water, the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. And at the time of the offering, offering of the oblation. Okay, that's probably important. Sorry, guys. Don't know it. All right. Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day. You are God in Israel and that I am your servant. And that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell upon and consumed the burnt offering, and the wood and the stones and the dust looked upon the water and it, that was in the trench. And then all of the people saw it, and they fell on their knees and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Let no one of them escape. And they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them. I know that's graphic at the end. <laughs> but, so, the reason I feel, so basically, the reason I feel like this story I was supposed to go through was just to describe the power of the Lord and yeah. that it doesn't matter you know we see all of these different things happening you know I'm, I'm disappointed I'm just discouraged at every single thing but it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing I'm going to remain true to the one God I'm going to remain true and he even poured water on this thing. And literally at once, as soon as he called upon the name of the Lord, fire fell from the heavens and consumed the whole offering. Like that. Okay? And he didn't have to go around and cut all of himself up, draw all his attention. All he had to say was, Lord, answer me. Let this people know that this is you. Um, and literally at that, and um, at that moment, they literally fell on their faces and were like, oh shoot, we're wrong. Like, <laughs> this is actually real, legit. You know, and, and so basically, um, and then in the end though, you see that judgment came upon them. Um, so like, sorry I don't have the words, but basically, like in life, you know, as I was saying about, you know, all these people doing these things, whatever, like, that's why it's so important that we remain true to the Lord. Not only so we can escape judgment, no. But so that 
other people will see that he is the one true God and their hearts would be turned towards that so that they could have abundant life in Jesus on earth as it is in heaven, okay? Not just to escape judgment, but to have that kind of life here and now because it's yep. the one true fulfilling thing, like the pearl. It's the treasure mm -hmm. that we have here and then for all of eternity. It's not about escaping judgment. It's not your ticket out of hell. That's not how it works. Jesus wants you to have abundant life here and now. Abundant life doesn't mean prosperity life, okay? Abundant life mm -hmm. doesn't mean everything's perfect. It's all great. There's no hardship. Like you said, Matthew, the God can use disappointment and heartache to draw you closer to him, to draw you home. Because that's all we're supposed to be, is home with him. And Another thing I've been thinking about is, you know, in the United States and probably in other cultures, you know, whatever, we have this idea that people's value and worth is based off of their productivity and the things that they can do. But that is so far from the truth, because according to the Lord, our identity and our worth is based on being a child. That's it. Yeah. It's based on being rather than doing. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to do. You don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to prove that, oh, look at me, look at me. I can do all these things. I say yes to all these opportunities. I, that's great if you get opportunities, but it doesn't mean you're approved in any more than the some person who doesn't. Yeah. You know, because it's not about gaining the approval of man because you've already been approved of by the Lord. Come it on. doesn't mean your actions have been. Come on. It doesn't mean that your whole life and all things that you're doing and thinking are totally great and peachy, but it means that you are my son. You are my daughter. I prove of you that you are you are my child, okay? That doesn't mean I'm, you know, satisfied with our sex. No, that's not. Yeah, it's not it. That's not it. But, hear that. Yeah. But, you um, care if I say something? Do it. It also reminds me that, uh, you know, it started with a garden and it's also going to end with a garden. Yeah. You know, that's, that's part of the paradise and the perfection that I was talking about earlier. You know, it's... If, if we don't realize that we were automatically made to be in a garden, our fulfill, our, like the thing that we're longing for and the fulfillment we're searching for, everyone in this whole entire world is, is searching for that fulfillment. You know, there's a, there's a hole missing. You know, I feel like that's been one of the things we've focused on tonight. And when we're going to be whole is, you know, Revelation talks about, you know, we'll be back in that garden in the end. And that's when we're, that's when we're going to be completely whole. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's the wrestling between those two gardens. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's the whole thought. Like, when we talk about trying to be, you know, trying to do the right thing and all that, that's, that's the standard we should go, be going back towards. Not, we don't, we're fallen people, yes. But the standard as Christian, we're trying and attempt. It's not going to happen until the end. But we're attempting to revert back to God's original design for creation. Yeah. Okay, that's the goal. That's what we're trying to do. And so on that note, I've been listening to a song a lot. Um, it's just called Open. It's by Taya. She did it with I Love Original Worship, whatever. Um, it's so good, so good. But there's this thing that she says. Um, I've been listening to it like every day on my way to work. But she talks about like, Maybe there's this thing, this dream or whatever, that you've been holding on to, and you're just not quite ready to give it over to the Lord yet. Maybe you're embarrassed. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, the Lord knows already. So. Yeah. But basically, 
when you do that and you're like, no, I'm good, like, I'll just hold on to it a little bit longer, like, I'm good, you are denying Jesus the opportunity to be who he is. Yeah. The Redeemer. The Redeemer. Yes. The Restorer. The Healer. You know, the Almighty God. You know, you know, the one who has did it on the cross and said it was finished. It is complete. All of the thoughts, all of the feelings of things that you've been, you know, facing, it's already been conquered and defeated. And so we have to think, oh, I don't have to live with this anymore. I can give it over and surrender this at the feet of Jesus because it's finished. It's already finished, you know. And I shared this at Matthew. Um, and, okay, so I know I'm going on all these different things. It's But so I was a, stu- uh, a tutor and a student success center for some of the Bible mentor courses or whatever. So I am teaching, I'm going over stuff for their test, and I was in this study session. And so we were going over, like, um, the Passover in the Old Testament. Okay, we're going over all the different plagues that happened in Egypt, you know, during the time of, like, Moses and the Israelites from slavery. Moses keeps going to Pharaoh and is like, let my people go. And he's like, no. So all this <laughs> no. stuff happened. He's like, no. no. <laughs> uh, but basically, so the way that this happens is that there's ten plagues. Okay. So, and all these plagues were to humiliate their God. So, like, there's a plague with all these frogs and, like, all these things, you know, and locusts and all those different gods. I don't remember them all. But basically, the last plague was um, where you get the story of the Passover, okay? Um, and so, basically, basically what happened is that there is this death angel, okay, who was going to go throughout every single home, okay, mm-hmm. and kill the firstborn of every firstborn cow, firstborn son, is firstborn, okay? And so basically, this angel would go through and do that, and the remedy for them to be. Sorry, I keep having herbs. You're good. <laughs> basically, the remedy for them to go away from this death um, was to. Uh, sacrifice a lamb, okay? And so they had prepared a special way, all this stuff, you know. And so they have this lamb. And basically, after they killed it and had this feast and everything, they were supposed to take the blood, all right? They are supposed to take the blood of the lamb and paint it on their wooden doorposts so when nighttime came, the death angel would pass over their home and wouldn't kill their firstborn, okay? And so, here we go. All the Israelite people, they do what they're instructed to do. They kill the lamb. They take the blood of the lamb, put it on the doorpost, and then everybody wakes up in the morning. All of these people are dead except for the firstborn of all of these Israelites, and including Pharaoh's son. Who died because of this plague? That was it. That's when he was like, "All right, get out of here!" Egyptian armies like running after him and all this. And so, in the study session, we were looking at parallelism in this story in the Old Testament and with Jesus in the New Testament. So, when we think about it, we think about okay, in the Old Testament, for all of these people to escape death, it was by the sacrifice 
from the blood of the Lamb. In the New Testament, Jesus is the Lamb of God by His stripes, by the blood of Jesus, we have abundant life. We can escape death and sin and the great, all of these things because of his sacrifice. And so basically what I was saying is that that's the whole reason. That's the remedy to it all, to our sin, to our temptation, to all these things is by the blood of the Lamb. And that's what it's about. It's about that sacrifice. That's what it's centered around. And so basically when we hold back these things, we don't give Jesus the opportunity to do exactly what he died for. Mm. Was that exactly. Yeah. And so um, just wanted to share that, but that's the whole reason of why that's the whole reason why it's different. You know, that's the pearl, that's the treasure. Um, and so um, I've been in my head a lot um, about you know, how you said if you feel like somebody's missing a piece of themselves, if you feel like what, you know, I've been feeling really off since Oklahoma because I, you know, my, it's almost like my life was catered to, for me every single day to have that great community, those authentic, rich friendships and relationships, and like everything was built on my schedule to have time with the Lord, and like all my classes were about Jesus, and so I was constantly, I mean, or, you know, faith and things, and Growing in knowledge of my heart and my mind and in service, all of these things. Um, and so to go from that every single day, rich friendships, great community, thriving, and then coming here, it's like pfft, literally nothing. Like, okay. Terrible yeah. stuff, horrible, you know. Okay. I'm like, all right. <laughs> it's been hard. I told Jerry you said that. <laughs> and it's just been like, no. And so... I've not been feeling like myself because I was so established in that, and it was like, oh, what, what's wrong? Like, yeah. what's happening? Like, something's off, you know? And so I was reminded of a parable uh, that Jesus taught, and actually, for a little t thing I did at Matthew, I shared this as well. <sighs> but um, it's really good, and you can follow with me. I got it from Luke. Um, it's in Luke chapter 18. Chapter 18, um, Luke chapter 18, and it's verses 9 through 14. Um, and so basically, this parable is about a Pharisee and a tax collector, um, both of which in the ancient Jewish culture were like, no. Because like the tax collectors, the main people who were the tax collectors were fellow Jewish people people betraying their Jewish friends yeah. because they knew how much they made so they would be telling the Romans like oh yeah this person makes this and they, they were looked down upon. The Pharisees thought they knew everything and that they were just so righteous and couldn't be like everybody else built themselves on a pedestal so a lot of people did not like them because it was just you know oh they're very self-righteous you know um so alright verse okay um, so he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you I'm not like any other men. 
extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes up to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, have mercy on me, for I am a sinner. I tell you this man that went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And so, um, a little background. So this Pharisee here, um, basically, obviously in his prayer, it wasn't even a prayer, it was just bragging saying, oh, thank you, I'm not like all these other people. I'm actually one of the good ones, Lord. Thank you for making me so righteous. I'm just so good. Oh, yeah, I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of everything I get. That's what it says in another version. But listen, Pharisees were only supposed to fast one day out of the whole entire year. Okay, <coughs> so he's doing way too much. <laughs> and then times of all that I get, they were only supposed to give a tenth of their crop, and that's it. Like, he's, no. He's, he is finding his justification in the things that he's doing, okay? Yeah. Basically, and to be justified means to be right with God. He thinks he's in right standing with God just because of all the things that he's doing, okay? But we see a very big contrast with the tax collector. This tax collector says, would not even lift his eyes to heaven. Was beating his chest saying, God have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. And then it says, this man went to his house justified. <coughs> that man went home being right with God because he had the true heart of repentance yeah, come on. and mercy. Yeah. And he wanted forgiveness. That's it. He wasn't saying, God, thank you that I'm cool and I'm like everybody else. Thank you for making me so amazing. Oh, my gosh. He's like, no, I know who I am. I'm dirty. I'm not good. I make mistakes. Lord, have mercy on me. You know, he was saying, have mercy on me. He knew that he was wrong. He wasn't even trying to be something he wasn't. He knew exactly who he was. But what mattered is that he realized that and asked for repentance. You know, he repented and asked for forgiveness. And that's what made him right with God. Because he recognized his things and humbled himself before the Lord and knew that that's, this is, you know, this is what makes me right. Mm -hmm. Is when I'm in right standing with the Father because I've asked for forgiveness because there's nothing I can do on my own to be right or good. It doesn't come from anything what I've done. It's come from everything you've done. But this Pharisee thought he was so right because of all the things he's done, all his status, all the things of who he is, but that's not what God cares about. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Oh. It just matters about the condition of your heart. And that could be worship. It's not about singing all the time. Yes, that's an act of worship. But an act of worship can just be prayer. It's a condition of your heart. It's not mm -hmm. about doing. Going back to the whole being idea. We're just supposed to be a child. That's it. You're not supposed to be some high, mighty, righteous person proving yourself to all society. But no. We're just supposed to be. <coughs> so, I share that because I really... Um, 
with all that I've been feeling recently, it's like, I think this story reminds me of that whole idea of surrender. You know, it's like, I've been feeling all mixed up. I've been disappointed. All these things are just not right. I'm not okay. But I'm going to surrender all of this to the Lord because He already knows my heart. He already knows my thoughts. He knows all the things I need. So I'm giving that all to Him and trusting that He is all I need. I don't need to be, I don't need, I I mean, I need to be, and I don't need to do anything else other than just be his child, be his daughter, that's it. Um, and so, with that, I think that might be kind of, oh, oh yeah, quick thing. Oh, so, um. I've already kind of talked about this, but my mentor, I just want to, um, I just want to talk about the importance of, like, having discipleship, and, like, having a mentor, and having community, and all of that. That is so important. Like, literally so important. As we saw with this tax collector did, he repented and confessed to the Lord. That's step one. But, we also should confess our sins to one another. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's somebody help me find that. Okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. Oh. Alright, it's in James. Okay. So I'm gonna read this. This is it's called my heading, the prayer of faith. Okay. So it's James chapter five, verse thirteen. I'm just gonna read it. Alright. Um, so this is anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, here we go. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So a prayer of a righteous person is not one of the Pharisee. It's one of the tax collector who humbled himself before the Lord, asked for mercy and forgiveness that made him right with God. So the prayer of someone who is righteous Um has great power as it is working. Uh, ha, funny. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth poured its Thank you, Jesus. So, um, basically with that, when you have those discipleship, that discipleship mentor relationship, it's a whole other level of accountability, okay? And that community that you've been seeking. Not that pity, oh, you know, surface level conversation. No, gut level, honest, intense discipleship. That does not mean we're just going to wave it our laundry in front of everybody and be like, oh, yeah, look at all the things I've done. No, that can be awkward, uncomfortable, embarrassing. Like, that's not what discipleship's supposed to be. It's different in different groups. 
But I'm talking that one-on-one, your mentor, somebody who's been walking with the Lord a little bit more than you, has a little bit more experience. It's just so crucial. And that's been my prayer for such a long time. But then when I found my mentor, her name's Linda, literally life-changing. Like, it has truly made such a difference. Because with her, I have that accountability. But I also have her encouraging me, pouring into me, doing all these things that I needed. I need, we need somebody to walk alongside of us to help push us along, to encourage us to know that we're not alone in all these things, and that person to turn to who will love us no matter what we say, no matter what we do, who will love us unconditionally with the love that Jesus has for us. Yes, they're human. They're going to fail a little bit to, to you. I mean, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, they're going to fail, and like, you know, it's fine, they're going to fail you every single time. <coughs> no, it's going to have that relationship, and if they fail, they're going to be the ones saying, hey, I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry this happened. Like, it's going to be fruitful and rich and confidential. But anyways, um, that was kind of my last thought because having that is so important, guys. Like, yeah. seriously, it's a game changer. Um, and so if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have that discipleship group, you know, maybe that should be your prayer. You know, you know Lord... I need somebody in my life to come alongside of me to help me in whatever way, whatever that is for you. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's kind of all I have to share. Um, a lot of randomness, but... Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Thanks, so Something I definitely needed. Yeah. You want to pray and then we'll see from where we go? I want to share my testimony. Yeah, go ahead, man. Um... And one day I started hearing voices telling me to kill myself. Um, and I just had enough one day and I just drove to the Winfield Bridge and I got out and I jumped, jumped to the water. Hit, honestly, I thought I was going to die and I didn't like, expect to live. Hit the, hit, the, hit the water. It woke me up and it made me feel like, man, I don't want to die. I can't die here. Yeah. Heard that. Um, yeah, the police got me, then we, they took me to the, um, they got me an ambulance, and I, I went to the hospital, and somehow they put me in restraints, and somehow I ended up escaping the hospital, and, um, find a building, I got off the tallest building I could, shattered my, broke my legs, my spinal cord in three different places, and, um, my doctor was, he had to dig out, like particles in my foot for like an hour from the gravel and um, I just remember waking up in the ICU and I'm like am I dead yet? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I just felt like I was like just completely just destroyed mm-hmm. <coughs> fast forward a little while and like now I'm doing a lot better I'm, I'm walking I'm able to play basketball yeah that's right yeah. okay okay um yeah. Okay. We're proud of you, man. That's, that's, that's We're shit. very proud hey, of you. you know what? Let's, um... Yeah. That's a big deal, guys. Like, yeah. a friend, 
for that for a minute. And so, honestly, I think I'll get a full recovery. I know it sounds crazy. Hey, uh, don't. Believe it for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm in agreement. Yeah, don't stop believing, man. Don't stop believing, man. Yeah, one medication now. It doesn't work, but I'm on medication. That's right. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> You're gonna be good, man. Yeah. The Lord, the Lord's, the Lord's brought you this far. He's not gonna leave you, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he saved you twice from dying. Yeah. So he's he's obviously more than twice. That's right. So he's he's definitely got something uh yeah. in store for you. Did he say anything about me in your not not yet, man, but you know I'm always I'm always praying. He will do exceedingly abundant above and beyond what we dream, believe, or imagine. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's the pieces right there. Hold on. I dream big, I believe big, and I imagine big. That's right. So that says a lot. Yeah. That's pieces too hard. Yeah. He honestly didn't think I was gonna walk at all. Yeah. <coughs> I remember that. I remember that there was a time that we, we thought that you weren't going to be able to, but you know, <coughs> we, we kept praying and we heard the Lord say that you'd walk and even run again. So you're obviously walking, so now we're just waiting for you to yeah. run again. Yeah. We're just going to continue to pray and believe and, you know, not going to stop. And even when we hit those bumps in the road, just like my dad talked about last Sunday, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Yep. Because it was just like Will, he had prophesied over him a long time ago. I don't know how, how long ago was that? Uh, about two or three years ago, probably. He said you got a testimony that's going to hit thousands of people. Thousands of people. So that healing definitely needed to take place. And now you got a mission to accomplish, according to the Matthew 28, the Great Commission, to share your testimony, yeah. but make disciples of all nations. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And and you just you just began step. that just now. You're fulfilling yeah. that. You're living in that. Yeah. Just by sharing it, man. Yeah. That's, you got that's, one, that's one more person. Because have you ever heard his testimony, Emma? Mm-hmm. That's one more person that just got added to the thousands that you're you're gonna touch. So you got yeah. you got to continue. Jesus saved me. That's right. Come on now. <coughs> and I guess to make it in, just from you, then I was gonna say something to you, just because you know you had Mac, you you had this, you had this awesome experience you know obviously it's a contrast you know bigger university you got a whole lot of believers some may not be some may be the mentorship you know you have that discipleship where you had that one-on-one time that intimacy you got somebody that's guiding you in the scriptures they're not telling you what you need and what you want to hear they're telling you what you actually need to hear and encouraging and the key thing about with that discipleship that you always got to remember is like the journey starts with you but it does not end with you. Yeah. It does not end with you. Because the whole purpose of her making, because the whole purpose of even being a disciple is becoming a disciple, you got to actually make disciples. Right. Because that's how you really identify you're a disciple. So, right. and like in this time of season, yeah. where you are right now, sure, again, same <laughs> ain't you. This ain't this ain't New York City. This ain't LA. This ain't uh this is, you ain't that big. This is uh Appalachia. Appalachia. Right. This is Valley, Scott Depot, West Virginia. This is uh what I want to be at. This is the backwoods. Right. This is where I don't want to be at in dark time, quite frankly. I don't know what I'm talking about. Let me just tell you that. But I tell you this though. Calm out here. I don't know what you're talking about. Well it's calm now. I'm just saying, I'm just cool, it's cool now. If I hear the bandits playing stuff around, if I hear the bandits, if I if I hear it to run and it ain't y'all, I need to run. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> you ain't seen the movie Deliverance, but it's all good. 
<laughs> but, uh, anyway. So anyways, besides what I was trying to say. But yes, like all those, think about all those experiences, all those conversations, all that scripture. I mean, you learned a lot. And you learned a lot. And that's knowledge you had before anyways because you was already in the word. It's just now you went there to get more refined and retuned, resharpening, things of that nature. All the stuff that you learned, there is so many women out here, younger, young women too. Yeah. They can look at you and be like, man, this, this woman's got a firm foundation. She's kind of strong. Sure, you're going to lose it at times. Sure, you're going to get emotional. That's the potency of it, though, because we're yeah. supposed to be emotional. We're supposed Real, to be let down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you got all these women out here. They, they, they want to hear these experiences. they like, man, I can't. There's, there's somebody out there right now. Like, I can't wait to have somebody to mentor me right now. I can't wait to find, have somebody just, like, guide me along this thing of life. You know, I can't wait to, like, actually look at somebody's marriage and just be like, okay, this is what marriage really looks like. Yeah. Unclosed, there's no closed doors. Like, yeah, we argue. We might fight, we fuss and fight every single day. It's boring. It might be boring at times when we're together. But that's, <laughs> that's what you want to see. Because it ain't always pretty. Like, life's kind of boring sometimes. <laughs> but the, in the mundane, that's, I think in the mundane things that we do, that's what makes God's, it just makes God much more makes it much more real and I think it makes it much more potent. I think it makes it that much more just relatable. Relatable, yeah. you know? Cause <clears throat> when we see God in the mundane stuff, that's it right there. Like that's where it's like, man, I know God's real because I've been going through some stuff and he just been for some reason I have this joy, this peace that transcends all understanding. <clears throat> you may not see it on my continence right now, no. You might see me upset. You might be wanting to be punched by in the face. But the fact that I can say that and be cool with it, and God understands my heart. That's okay. That's right. Because He's inside you. Because He's inside you. That's right. And people can see that. And so, just just gonna say that as an encouragement. Even in, in I mean, and I can almost guarantee, why if you're teaching too, yeah, you're gonna find a bunch of little girls who's gonna look up to you. You share, you share what you shared just today, yeah. man. They're gonna somebody's gonna look up to you. You may not be all at once. Now they're gonna be kind of like, well, this guy's garbage. They don't they don't want to believe God. But, no! Me too, dude. MS! But, uh, <clears throat> the journey starts with you, but it doesn't need Alright. Think of all the little girls that are praying the same prayer that you you prayed before you had Linda. <laughs> and, then, and then one day you get to be the one that takes care of them. You get to be the Linda. Yep. I just got the last bit of what you were sharing, but I know it's all Holy Spirit because for the last three days, Kings had me in study and focus on introspection with me and my walk with them with zeal and righteousness and unrighteousness mm-hmm. and I've very much learned the hard way myself that there's a very fine line it seems to be with that and I think it's okay that like right here right now what we're doing that we're able to be transparent about where we're at with our walk with the Lord yeah. and someone else can step in regardless of age or rank or title or whatever the case is like it's about relationship and somebody might have just come to know Jesus like 10 minutes ago that Mm -hmm. might have a word for me that I need to hear in this moment that helps me finish this day yeah Yeah. you know what I mean like it could redirect everything for me and I've very much just learned the hard way that I really don't know anything other than the word 
that has been applied in my life by the God that I know. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, personally, that's where I get to see the difference between am I walking in unrighteousness in an area of my life or am I walking in righteousness? And it's just a difference of am I raised up in pride and do I feel like I know better mm-hmm. and know better than everybody else? Or am I willing to come in and sit down and learn something even though I already think I know something about it because there's how many of us here? 15-ish. How, that's 15 different perspectives that I can learn from. So what you had to say there at the end, I, I needed to hear because it's encouraging to me to know that I'm not the only one that that's chasing God as hard as I am through the day and have phones thrown at me and bottles of water thrown at me, fire prayed on my head, uh, you name it, the list is endless. Yeah. But he said, blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. Yep. And I receive the blessings. Mm. So, you know, through it, it's a process of maturation yeah. and through humility for me to say, okay, I know from this experience how this word has applied and grown me. And that could have been 60 seconds ago. Yeah. Yes. Now here I am with this word that says, I don't know better other than I just want to get in the presence of God yeah. and see what he's got fresh to say to yeah. me yeah. that brings me to a newer place of understanding and growth and walk with him yeah. that can turn around and change somebody else's life. Yeah. You think that that's what matters. <clears throat> yeah. Like, yeah. All of these other little things are just extras. That's what matters. Your heart. Yeah. Most importantly. It starts with you, like you said. But like, if we've got that. You're good. He's going to take care of the rest. Fill it out. And then we can do all those things. And those other things are our privilege. Yeah, because because that's the kingdom. That's what the kingdom's about. When you, he describes the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is like, and it lists all those attributes we've been talking about. Yeah. And if we will just seek that kingdom, right. not the not the the kingdom of Jesus, not the kingdom of God that we're going to be in one day in heaven, the yeah. kingdom that is like those attributes. If we seek that and seek after the heart of God, all those extra things, like you said, they're just they're going to be added. Yeah. It's not our job to add those things because. We we don't know the right time that we can right. use those things and minister in those things, and he does. Yeah. Well, if you want to pray, and then we'll we'll go from there. If the Lord leads for us. <coughs> yeah. Can we pray for the Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Just surrender to win. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <coughs> all right. Um, all right, Father God, I just. Um, I thank you so much just for bringing me here yes, to this yes. space and um, allowing me just kind of to be vulnerable here and yes, um, just share all the thoughts and things that you just placed on my mind and today. And I thank you for just allowing it to be fruitful. <coughs> um, just being, allowing it just to be exactly what some of us have needed to hear. And I just thank yes, you for um, your constant. Um, your constant peace, Lord, and your constant just presence. You're always here, whether invited or not. And uh, I just thank you um, for that, Lord. And Jesus, I just pray over 
Luke, um, Father God, I just, I just ask that you would do what only you can do, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Um, God, I ask that Luke would um, just draw near to you, God, daily, Lord. Yes, and yes Jesus. His heart would just be transformed in this and that he would just learn a new thing about you every single day and draw um, near to you and just have that community and just know that all he has to be is your son and nothing else. Father God, I I thank you so much for just the blessing of life that you have given Luke, Lord. Let him realize that every single day. I thank you for the zeal that you have in his heart to share the miracle you have done in his life, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, um, for the word and the power that is in his testimony, Father. Um, I pray that you would just constantly share that, Lord, because it, we have no idea what that can mean to somebody else, God. And I just thank you for who he is. And um, So, God, I just, um, pray over his spinal cord and his legs and his recovery, Lord, and it has a dream that he has, Lord, and so I <coughs> will, Father, be done in this, yes. God, and yes, um, I just, I believe that you are a God of miracles, Jesus, yes, and so yes. it's already a miracle he's here, and it's already a miracle he's come this far, Jesus, but he is believing you for a full recovery, yes, Lord, Jesus, so Lord. I pray your will be done, and if that's in your will, Lord, that it would happen, God, yes. and that, um, you would just heal his spinal cord, God, and that he would have full recovery, be able to run, and just have that be a testimony and a story yes, in itself, yes, Jesus. Um, I just thank you so much for who he is, Lord, and um, just I, I, I believe you for that, Lord. I believe yes. you for that full recovery, Lord. And even if that doesn't happen, Lord, we just we're still thankful for all the things that you have um, done in his life, and that you've even brought him this far, God. Yes, and that's your self Jesus and so allow him to abide in you and trust in you and your word and um, I pray that you would give him wisdom that is found in your word Lord and I just pray that you are the only voice he ever listens to Jesus and nobody else and I pray that if there's any voices in his head God that they would be silent in Jesus name God and they would only be your voice who speaks truth and wisdom and love and all the things that you have made him and called him to be God. With Elijah, Lord. And Let it come. I just praise you for that. And I just I believe you for that, Lord. Um, I thank you name. so much, Jesus. I pray that you would surround him with a community of believers who were there to lift him up and raise him up. Yes, if anybody ever has a burden for Luke, I pray that they would follow through and have yes, the courage to carry out the mission you've given him, Lord. I pray you would give Luke the courage and the bravery to carry out the mission you've given him. Let him never doubt, Lord. Yes. I know he will, but yes. when he does, I pray that he can combat that with yes. truth. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. You say that he is free indeed. Yes. You say that he is chosen and not yes. forsaken, Lord. You say he is a son. And I just, I thank you so much for all of those things, Jesus. You are so good, God. You Amen. are Abba, Father. Amen. We belong to you. Yes, Luke belongs yes, to you. Yes, we surrender Lord. his his whole calling, Lord, at your feet, God. We proclaim your name over his whole life. We speak the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray for Glory. all of the other Glory. people who are here. Glory. Glory. Many God tonight. I know that you have brought them here. 
to just yes, speak Jesus, to them, Jesus, Lord. Jesus. I pray that they would become more curious daily, Lord. I pray yes, that they Jesus. would leave encouraged, God. I pray that they would leave motivated, Lord. I pray that they would not be so reliant on a feeling, God. I pray that they would yes, just Jesus. surrender to that idea of having to have a feeling to spend time with you, Lord, because I know I do. Mm. And I just pray that you would just they would just draw near to you jesus and that whatever it is that they need whatever it is that they need to surrender lord i pray that they would do that um i pray that they would know that their thoughts and feelings are not who they are god you have already said who they are a child and that's all they need to be yes, jesus. i thank you so much lord and i um i praise you for who you are um it's in your name amen, amen. amen.